And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champion for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fee. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Coyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast. I'm joined today by the Mead PRO, uh, Kieran Flynn, and we're at the scene of the crime here in Park Tolchin, where uh, uh, obviously uh, <laughs> I would say a crime took place here on Saturday evening last uh, in the qualifiers, but that's something that we'll be getting to later on, Kieran. Um, what we're going to speak about on this evening's podcast is we're going to go through the All County A League round 10 Division 1 games. We'll speak briefly about the Joe McDonough Cup and uh, the All Ireland qualifier, uh, which saw Mead taking on Tyrone. We'll uh, be talking about upcoming games for the Mead under 20s and the Mead Miners. But to start off proceedings tonight, Kieran, what we're going to do is we're going to have a look at the All-County A-League Division 1. If you want to get the table ready for yourself there, I'll just run through some of the results. Um, screen beat Rathoth on a scoreline of 3.16 to 1.9, a local derby there on Screen coming out on top by, uh, by uh, 13 points, a huge win for Screen. St. Peter's Dunboyne, 15 points. St. Pat's of Stamullen, 1 goal and 10. That game was played down in Stamullen. Uh, two point victory for St Peter's Dunboyne Gail Colum Kill took on Nafina down in Enfield that was Gail Colum Kill 16 points Nafina 1 goal and 8 Dunshockland 1 goal and 8 Navin O'Mahony's 10 points that game was played in Paddy O'Brien Park and Navin a huge win there for Dunshockland in regards to the table uh, Dunamore Ashburn 2 goals and 10 Wolf Tones after winning the uh, the Gwailtuck trophy uh, came back to play Dunamore Ashburn and, and I think they were a bit leggy in that game started off very well but faded towards the end and Dunamore Ashburn winning by two points in the end of that one uh, Simonstown one goal and 15 St Colum kills one goal and nine that game played in Piltown uh, down in East Mead and Summerhill four goals and 11 and they beat their near neighbours Minalvi uh, uh, it was Minalvi nine points Summerhill go- four goals and 11 that game played in Minalvi and Kieran looking at some of the results there interesting uh, to see um, Gail Column Kill and Screen still flying the flag there in the league, sitting pretty at the top of the table on 18 points and uh, both with convincing wins on the weekend. Yeah, both clubs seem to be doing very well in the league. Like the league football, it can kind of be fragmented in Mead sometimes with county players. County players kind of leave the scene for a few months. And it's usually then the team that's probably the best geared for it. So neither of those teams have county players compared to maybe the likes of Manalvi or the likes of a Dunboyne or a Toth, who have a lot of county players, so mm-hmm. maybe that's telling too, but it the league, it just shows the kind of a team that's willing to kind of keep it going all year long, they're training hard, they're playing regular football together, and it does help an awful lot. 
it does in the league definitely and and uh, I suppose then looking at third place because that will come into play as well Dunamore Ashburn on 15 points and you know they're still motoring well they had a good win against the Wolf Tones and I suppose a word for the Wolf Tones after winning the Gaeltuck uh, um, Championship up in Donegal last weekend um, huge huge coverage on Tina G um, it was uh, it was a spectacle to be held uh, like it was it, and fair play the first time ever that the trophy has come back to Mead um, and well done to all involved with Wolf Tones Absolutely Cavardicus to them and if anyone saw them on the TG Cahard the Downings GA Club in Donegal it's one of the most picturesque GA clubs I've ever seen right on the coast lovely setup. And uh, from what I was told, I was talking to a lot of the people involved, they said they went down with a very much a skeleton crew on the Saturday, mm-hmm. not expecting a loss. But then as soon as they won the first game, they called in the cavalry and a lot of lads <laughs> rushed up the road to get there. And they, had, they went from a panel of about 18 or 19 to about 28 in the final. So it was great and impressive too when they didn't play without their county players. So yeah, absolutely. That's a very impressive win for them. Like, that Camorthus Battle of is not an easy competition to win. And like probably, I know from talking to a lot of people from around the country, sometimes the the likes of the Wolf Tones would be coming, and they wouldn't be saying, "Oh, like these guys are coming from me, they're not into this, like, they're not a real gate and that." Yeah. But then I thought it was so impressive. Uh, Bruoko Finnegan gave a great interview after the game, and Absolutely Niall right, McLaughlin yeah. gave a great speech at Skelgan. He like it, they showed us that they're well able for it, football wise and Irish wise. And Irish wise, and uh, I didn't see. Maybe there was a jig and a reel. Maybe after they won that too, but we didn't see that. <laughs> well, I believe there was a jig and a reel back in Colwell's in, yeah. uh, in in Gibstown, and they got a great uh, um, uh, home homecoming uh, out in Gibstown. And but well done to all, to all involved. And I suppose um, uh, talking to a couple of the Dunmore Ashburn lads, they were saying that Wolf Tone started that game off really well in the league against Dunmore Ashburn, but faded in the second half. Yeah. So those games all. All those yeah. games last weekend, uh, they, 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 they took their toll on the Wolf Tones in this league game, and uh, Dunbar Ashburn were able to get that two point win, which put them into third uh, or kept them in third and four points between them and Summerhill in Division One. Absolutely, that third place you said is important now because the the second and third team will play a semi final to get exactly. to the final. So the Gale Colin Killen screen will obviously be mad to get number one, so they're guaranteed the final. But then when we talk about third place, like we're taught the third bottom. Yeah. But that's the that's a playoff against the third place division two and and that could be Rakenny or it could be Delik looking at the table and that like we're told I know the county scene is finished for a year and they're going to get a lot of lads back but that's not a place we're told want to be and we talked about them in the last podcast about being winning senior championships like yeah so like league form like you know people said for years like Dunham Ashburn and Dunboyne have been in division one finals year in year out for the last few years and. Neither of them have won the championship, but it's definitely better to be the top of the league than it is to be the bottom. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Everyone says the league doesn't matter when they're losing, <laughs> but when they're winning, the league is a great job. When you're in the middle of the table, the league doesn't matter. Yeah. So it doesn't, but yeah. if you're at the top of the bottom... Yeah, it's very important. It's very important, so it is. And, and just looking at it there, we're told to have played 10 games. They've got three games left. As you said, they will have all their county players left, so you'd expect that they'd probably get the result or two that they'll need to stay in, uh, in Division 1. Well, absolutely. Like we've talked about them in the championship that's against some Pats, and maybe the first game they weren't great, and then they came back, they bounced back. Second game played a lot better. You'd imagine now when they get their full cohort back training, because that's that's the massive thing. Anyone involved with kind of senior teams and anyone with county players will tell you, like they don't see the players at all. Like they're they're training non-stop with the county. They're doing all their strength and conditioning, their recovery work with the county. They never really get a chance yeah. to train. They might play that league match, but they never train with their club. And it's a great boost then to see like the fellas all come back, and then they're saying like. Hold on, these ads are back now, let's make a good run of the league now. Let's get up the table, let's get prepared for championship.
Yeah, yeah, and you'd be expecting some big things from the likes of a tote in the uh, remaining games in the A League, and the the A League is going to become very important over the next six weeks because it, it's going to lead into Championship then, and you know at the end of July Championship is going to kick in, and uh, unfortunately uh, Mead won't be continuing their run this summer um, due to their loss in the qualifier to Tyrone, which we'll be talking about in a couple of moments, which means that A League football and Fesh Cup is going to become very important um, as we lead into the championship so that's uh, all the A-League results that we're going to give you here for Division 1 we're going to move on now to uh, the Mead Hurlers they were playing Leash in Mead on Saturday afternoon in the Joe McDonough Cup and Nick Fitzgerald's uh, team suffered a heavy defeat to Leash um, and see themselves relegated now back to the Christie Ring for next year after working so hard over the last couple of years and getting that win in the Christie Ring Cup to get up to the Joe McDonough. It's very disappointing for Mead uh, to go back down, but they come up against a formidable side in, in Leash. Um, I suppose Leash, things hadn't been going well for them this year, but they made a conscious effort, I believe, from talking to a few people, to put in the effort for this last game against Mead because they didn't want to have to go into that playoff. Had Mead beaten Leash, they would have been in the playoff mm. with the Christie Ring winners, I believe, I think it was, yep. wasn't it? Um, and, uh, you know, so. Um, it's it is disappointing, but like Leash, uh, uh, for the last twenty thirty years, have been a big name in hurling, you know. And it's only in the last few years that they've kind of went back a little bit. Um, but they showed their class on Saturday against Mead. Absolutely, uh, one centre player was your man Patrick Purcell, middle of the field. Like it took three lads and thirty yards to stop him once. There's all three Mead players. We're trying to hack him and chop him down, and they couldn't catch him. And it took then one player, I think it was Joey Keane, eventually just got around him to pull him down. So he was just he was just causing dominance and causing problems the whole game. They're just as I said we talked about before the level was just slightly beyond our lads. Like we got so close yet we're just so far. Like at one stage we were actually down by four points, and Alan Douglas from Trim had a chance and he hit the post. And like you know the size of a slither compared to the size of the post, like it's nearly yeah. it's nearly impossible to do. But he did. And that would have bring us back to one down. And then just after that then, it just kind of slowly faded away. But there's a few, and I don't know, the, the referees could be a topic today in this podcast, but <laughs> the referee, one of the players for Leash, can't remember his name, actually pulled across uh, Douglas. Douglas hit him a shoulder, and as he was standing back up, uh, the the player from Leash struck him on the hip. And then uh, talking to some of the lads, Douglas later on in the day was black and blue all the way down his hip. He was completely walloped, like, right. and the ref gave him a yellow card. Which is under no rule is that no, appropriate? Absolutely sanctions. not. No, and I, I, not to say like you want other teams to lose players, but for the fella, Paul Axe is a fella. He deserves to walk. Yeah, absolutely. There's especially rules when it's there for a reason. Especially when it's off the ball. Yeah, like if a fella delivers a big hit, it happens. It's a it's a sport that generates a lot of pace and power and ferocity. Like, but if you hit a lad off the ball or hit him sly, you deserve to go off. Yeah, yeah. And they're two. They're kind of two major turning points in games. Not to say like we we could have bet Carlo. We were kind of in it for times against Antrim and Westmead. And even the Kerry game, we probably could have done a lot better than we did. And It's just disappointing that we're relegated and don't yeah. get another go. Yeah. Like, I know you'd love to say maybe, oh, you get two years before you go down, but it, it'll it be tough now to regroup. But I think the lads, if they go straight down to the Christian Ring and keep that group together, 
hopefully we'll be back in the final and winning that again. Yeah, and hopefully for the third time in short stretch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Third time in in in, in two years. Um, <laughs> but uh, look, um, uh, hopefully the the experience of playing against the, the higher quality will stand to them next year in the Christie Ring. But unfortunately for Nick Fitzgerald and the Mead Hurlers, it is relegation back to the Christie Ring Cup for next year. So we're going to move on now to the All Ireland Championship qualifier uh, that took place after that. It was a double header in Park Tolchin and Saturday after that hurling game. Mead took on uh, reigning Ulster champions Tyrone, who had been beaten by Monaghan in the first round of the Ulster Championship. And uh, uh, a really good performance by Mead on the day. Um, you know, they stuck with the plan and they, they tried very, very hard, brought a bit of uh, pride back into the Mead jersey, but were very unfortunate and came up. Um, one point short against uh, Tyrone after extra time it was a very very emotional day a couple of refereeing decisions maybe could have cost Mead as well on the day um, maybe a second bite at the cherry or maybe even a, an added a second bout of extra time but I caught up with Andy McEntee a very emotional and angry Andy McEntee after the game Andy, the game itself, you can't take anything away from your players. They gave it absolutely everything they had there today. And maybe for a couple of refereeing decisions throughout the game, and especially there at the end of the game, it could have been a different result for you and this meet team. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, everybody put in a huge shift and... uh, the response after the Longford game was was just typical of, of these fellas. Everybody knew they didn't do themselves justice on that particular day. They rolled up their sleeves, they worked harder, and we put in a performance like we did today. Uh, does that does that annoy you as well a little bit? That a, a performance of half that caliber there today probably would have been enough to beat Longford, and they just didn't perform against Longford. And then, as you said out there just moments ago, you know, second bite of the cherry, they give it that that performance. They lose by that single point and they're gone out of the championship. And you know it's a missed chance maybe against Longford. Oh yeah, I mean look, that's that's been unfortunately that's been a bit of a pattern for the last while. One game up, one game down, or two games up, two games down. You know it's it, it, it you know the likes of that performance there has to be has to be the basic uh, the base point, the starting point for every for every team. And then you work on then you work on the skills and then you work on your your tactics. But you know we gotta we gotta get to a stage where every time they 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 take the pitch, wearing that jersey that they put in that type of performance. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that that didn't that doesn't hasn't been happening. So. And I suppose then looking at that game when they put in a performance of that of that magnitude which they did today, they gave it absolutely everything. We'll we'll go to the the reason why you've been so emotional and so angry uh, after the game. There straight away you went to the referee. A couple of his, his decisions. Now he had bad decisions on both sides, but major decisions against Mead. One in particular was the penalty uh, instance where uh, he gave a free for Mead when it was clearly a penalty. And then obviously the last one there, free on James as he's breaking through last kick of the game practically. Um, he's 40 metres out he cuts across the defender and the referee doesn't give the free um, as he's taken down two huge calls in the game oh, massive calls and, and you know it's not as if it's not as if he was a million miles away for the penalty decision he was about 10 yards away and for the free kick decision at the end he was about 5 yards away did he give you an explanation for the penalty decision I said look at no not at all no 
Well, it's just a cop-out. I mean, that's, that's a cop-out. Yeah. That's an easy decision. You, you say, OK, we'll go for these and we'll give them a free. Nobody says anything here. Uh, and, you know... Have, have, you had, have you had a chance to see the replay of it? I've seen the replay of yeah. both of them. Yeah. And the, the, like the, the, the contact was made a foot inside the, inside the, the main square. He lands, actually, in the, the small square. square. Yeah. Uh, and the referee is standing there unobstructed, uh, uh, has a perfect view of it, gives the free. It's the easy thing to do. Uh, and then as well just, the like, just like the, the score to level the game in normal time, yeah. it's the easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. The five minutes were up. He, went, he waited and waited, and uh, 30 or 40 seconds in, in, into, the, into an extra minute, and he allows the shot go. Hard to take. And, and as you said as well out there, it, you know, like, Gaelic football is not, you know, anything to be messed with anymore. There's a lot of at stake. As you said, families involved. You, you know, you put your life on hold. You yourself even took time out from work so that you could give this everything you've got. Mm. Um, and the lads, the training that they put in, the money that's spent by the county boards and whatever. And then simple refereeing decisions can cost, a, you know, Full year, full year's work, two years' work. You'd argue two years' work. Uh, I mean, I believe there's a referee's assessor up, up, up in the box, and uh, he says that's a penalty and that's a free. What's going to be done about it? Who does what about this? What's the point in having an assessor there? You know, get these things right. They're, they're, they're too important. Everything is too important here. Mm-hmm. There's too much time put in, there's too much money uh, put into it. Get it right. They're not difficult. It's not that difficult. If, if one referee isn't enough, get another referee out there. And, and then I say, you know, they're worried about where I stand on the sideline and they're worried about a speck of blood on Donald Lenehan's. He has to go off the pitch and get his jersey changed because there's, there's a, a speck the size of your fingernail on his, uh, of blood on his jersey. That's not important. No. That's not an important decision in the overall running of the game. Get the, get the, get the major decisions right and everybody would be a lot happier. You just didn't seem to get those major decisions right today. A word for your for your team, your panel today. Um, you know, the one thing I think that is brought back into this team after the Longford game and maybe after a couple of disappointing results is the pride. And you could see most of the crowd stayed as well to clap off those players tonight because they gave it everything. I look at. I mean, I can't. I can't complain. They give it. They did give it everything. They 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 burst their gut out there. Uh, in difficult and, conditions as well. In that oh man, it's really hot out there. Yeah. Really hot out there. And and they want. I mean, they know how much football means to meet people, and they want to put on a performance for me, for for their friends, for their family, for the for their clubmates, for the people in me. They want to do that. Uh, uh, and I, I guess they did that, but. You know, ultimately, the bottom line is we have no game in two weeks' time. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose, Andy, then as well, looking at it going forward, obviously you've got the rest of the summer off, unfortunately. It's, it's, it's crazy to think. Do you restart? How do you restart or how do you regroup this team or what happens now with you and this team? I don't know. I don't know what happens. It's very hard. You see, that's what I'm saying. The likes of that, that scar us, fellas. You know, they have, they have decisions to make, you know. Uh, guys in college, guys starting jobs, guys moving away. Does it scare you as well? Oh, of course it does. Of course it does. You don't get over things like this <laughs> that easily. It's just too important. It means too much to everybody. I mean, that means an awful lot to know that everybody in that dressing room. 
uh, backroom team, uh, management team, everybody. They, everybody puts puts an awful lot in and puts their, put their lives on hold. So the prospect of facing it and starting it all over again is very difficult. So just take some time out now. After that, it's very disappointing, obviously, and obviously a decision will be made on what you're going to do, I suppose, and, but not straight away, obviously. No, not, never a good time to make decisions. No, 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 no. definitely not. Randy, look, just want to say thanks thanks all year for all of the interviews that you've done. You've been an absolute gentleman and I'm just delighted that your players could could put in a performance like that for you today because, it's, you know, the work that you've put in, you deserve the players to do and set a bar for themselves there today. Yeah, well, it has to be. It has to be the bar that that they can't dip below. You know, you yeah. know, whatever whatever happens. Uh, I mean, that needs to be that needs to be a starting point. Yeah. Uh, rather than a, rather than the finishing point. So that uh, Kieran was Andy McEntee. Um, having listened to that interview, a very open and honest interview from Andy McEntee. Um, I suppose to start off, he did say. You know, I, I asked him, was 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 he frustrated or angry uh, angry at the the fact that a, a, the the performance, the level of performance they put in against Tyrone, had they put in a similar performance against uh, uh, Longford uh, a few weeks ago, and you know they would have beaten Longford. There's no doubt about that. And he spoke about the inconsistency of Mead this year. You know, two games together and then two bad games, or a good game and a bad game, and or a bad game and then a good game as it was this time. And you know. Th- that game against Tyrone, that has to be the pinnacle. That has to, or not the pinnacle. That has to be the bar. That has to be the lowest that Mead uh, achieve in a game. Um, and if that is the lowest that they achieve in a game, then we're going to see progress. Absolutely. Like f- from travelling with the team all year with the Auburn Cup, the National League, and the Championship, it's very frustrating. The lads know themselves, and you can see some like the emotions after games, like the kind of the great games like played against Clare here, and we dominated the game very easy in, in the context of all the other games we played this year but then like go up to Cav and I know the first time we went up we got washed out and maybe that was just unfortunate we were ready to go that day and came back for the second bite of the cherry against Cavan just never got out of the tracks yeah. Cavan just seemed so much better we seemed lethargic not able to move the ball and then you go to other games like down to Tipperary we've just seen the same Like even though Tipper are a very good team don't get me wrong but just seemed very kind of lethargic kind of uh, not a, like we had a kind of a game plan, but just not when it didn't go according to plan. Maybe we we're kind of out of ideas and very slow to get yeah. kind of do things. But then when you see the game against Tyrone the other night, like the effort levels, the the shooting, like we we scored nearly around seventy five or seventy four percent of our shots. Like that's crazy. That's great. Like ability yeah. to score, but against Longford we were way down there, closer to the fifty percent mark. Yeah, yeah. And that's just poor decision making. Maybe poor. Um, maybe. Like, concentration just everything but just we knew we like the lads knew themselves if they lost to Tyrone they were gone yeah and the real like the absolute enthusiasm and effort was unbelievable like, see like, you look you know when Mead's backward is to the wall you know you look they had to beat down and they had to beat loud yeah um, they went down and blew down away absolutely you know, yeah. down who, who were on a good vein of they form they were in the previous year exactly they? Yeah. and they were in a good vein of form at that stage yeah. in, 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 in the league and then okay maybe it wasn't a great performance against loud but we ground out a result that yeah. we needed. It was. It didn't matter how you won that day, as long as you won, and we did win against Loud that day. Yeah. So it, and then to, on the weekend on Saturday, backs against the wall. 
if we don't win this, we're out of the championship. And they came out with that performance. And it just seems like when Mead's back is against the wall, that they come out and give you a performance. And it it, it was killer. And then I suppose to move it on from that, just again, uh, back to Andy's interview, you can hear how upset and angry he was at the referee's decisions. Now, look, the referee was bad for both teams, as I said to him. But the bigger calls went against Mead on the day. The penalty, for instance, and the free kick on James McIntyre at the end. You know, and it would have been a very simple free to give. Now, we, we still had to score that Absolutely, free, and it was yeah. 40 yards out, and everybody was tired. But we weren't even given the opportunity. Uh, and, and he said about the, the assessor in the, in the stand, calling it a free and calling it a penalty. And yet, Mead are gone out of the championship. And, he, uh, and he's quite right to be emotional and angry about it. Absolutely, like he, he's just kind of he's speaking for the as he said, like the the troves and troves of Mead supporters around the county. Like the frustration was unbelievable. Like we we were so close, we had the had had the chance to win it. They got a point back, but again, it came down to a few decisions. Really went against us. Like even like we never got the opportunity. Like that free, like it was such a plain obvious free, like simple like, free to give. Nobody every year, have... every year, Mead as club referees, we're brought in and we were shown clips from national games. And we're kind of advised on decisions, and we go through the technicalities, some of the rules, and it's so simple. When when a fella puts his right hand on your back, he pushes you, and then some people were saying, "Oh, but the contact with the left hand was on the ball." I'm not even sure was it on no, the ball. He slapped him in the chest. No, no, it slapped him so, in the chest. Yeah. So slapped even him in his arm. yeah, regardless regardless of the ball being got with the left hand, you can't push with the right. Yeah, and it was such an obvious and plain decision that hopefully, like I said, like the the word assessor is kind of a dirty word, they've got rid of that, they've changed them to advisors. Oh, he, definitely, he needs a strong advisement about his decisions. That he didn't so. advise him there and then, that's the problem. No, but the thing about, and the penalty as well, some people are saying, was it outside the box? I I thought it was inside the larger tangle, and then as Andy quite rightly said, he landed in the small box, so yeah. I don't think he's able to jump maybe one and a half metres like that, That's it. after being bullied. And then know? Andy brought up something that's interesting there, having another referee, or having somebody in the stand, like uh, like a video referee, to, to so that when the whistle is ma- blown, the referee can say, "Okay, we're going to go to the 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 TV official or the TV referee." He gets to have a look at it back mm. and make the decision, and then at least you know it might take an extra twenty seconds or thirty seconds, but at least the call is made right. Well, absolutely. Well, I, I'd be a very strong advocate for technology in the GN. I think. You see it there with FIFA in the soccer; they've moved on, well, and even me- for the oh, don't mention or oh, don't mention the soccer, the association <laughs> football, is it? <laughs> they're bringing in the VAR referee yeah. for the World Cup, yeah, and they're actually going to retrospectively uh, discipline people. And even I thought it was very interesting. It's, it's, it's in the rugby, and it works brilliantly oh, in the rugby. It's perfect. But even I, I thought it was a great thing. If someone something happens in the first forty-five minutes of the game, they can be penalised at halftime. They don't even have to wait for like a tribunal or anything like this. So, for example. In the hurling, we'll take the John McDonough. When your man hit Douglas, and it was even though it was dealt with at the time, the video referee can come in and chirp in, and even if he doesn't get that, the ref can review his incidents at half time and go back out and issue him a red card. Yeah, in, just in the soccer context. So, I don't. It's the problem with the GA. It's it's always trying to link in with the grassroots. Yeah, and like obviously that can't happen in our A League Division One games we just had there at the weekend, but. 
we have so much technology and so much kind of uh, backing in the country with GA that we probably should think about the elite level as well. Like again, not, that's that's another thing that Andy said is that like you know there's so much time invested in this by yeah. so many people. There's so much money invested in it by yeah. county boards. We see now from the books at the end of the year how much money is being pumped in to looking after these teams, to training these teams, to feeding these teams, to kitting these teams out. And you're not talking a couple of grand. You know, yeah. you're talking in the hundreds of thousands. So it's 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 not and, and, and for some teams it's 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 in the in the small millions yeah. as well. So like it's 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 it, it, it if you're go, it's ran on a professional basis. Mm. It's an amateur sport ran on a professional basis. Yeah, and if people are going to invest so much time and effort, you know, like Andy and the rest of his management team and the players and, you know, getting away from your family for so much of the year that these decisions, you know, if we can help a referee, because that's what it is, it's Absolutely. helping a referee, you know, if there was somebody there to help him, you know, nobody can have any qualms with it then. No, it's just like I don't think nobody wants a model like who wants to be a millionaire, but they ask the audience and so maybe <laughs> get a green for a free or red for no free. Like that's not what anyone wants. Well, he should be able to phone a friend. Yeah, something. And that, I think that the phone a friend is like Sky. Sky came here uh, to set up for the week. They had they had a big studio bus with them. They had eight cameras around the venue. Like there's no way it's in like them eight them eight cameras covered nearly all the pitch. They have this, the like a part of the studio bus, and the, there's no reason why a fourth official, or sorry, well, it'd be a fifth official, TV official, couldn't be in that bus watching that game. Yeah, or could have access to it at least. Getting access to it and actually being able to watch other cameras and stuff to see what's yeah. going on. And of course, like, as you said, the, like the money and the elite training that even referees get, everyone, like, if you ask the referee when he was been escorted off the field to, the, to a chorus of booze, would he have liked a video referee? I'd say he would. Yeah. Because at least it'd vindicate him, if not. Yeah. And it takes it takes the decision away from him so yeah. he can walk off the pitch and say, Well look, I didn't make that decision. No, and but like it's just, you said about time, like twenty seconds. A lot of time like with kick outs and lads getting injured and all this kind of stuff, there's so much time been added on anyway. I don't think anyone would mind waiting that thirty seconds to a minute or whatever yeah. if the correct decision is made. Yeah. Like the killing O'Sullivan, there was a great camera angle for his penalty and I thought it was clear enough penalty. So the video referee would straight away radio that in. For the free and James McIntyre, I thought it was very again the camera work. Like Sky Sports can, they can't take any of the blame. That their camera work was brilliant. They saw everything right yeah, up front. Great angles, and even like the Tierney McCann red card. Yeah, like it showed a clear cut what he did. Like it just shows you that that's the way it's going. And even when you go up to Crow Park, there's going to be more cameras. Yeah, and there's no reason why with all the technology we have that we can't use it. Yeah, to our benefit. Because even then, I said if if James McIntyre's thing wasn't a free or if it wasn't a penalty, at least. It can be vindicated, and then we have no qualms. Then, yeah. But we, the majority of people who were at the game, and people who, are you meant to text? I got from people I know around the country saying, "Hard luck, like not a, like the referee didn't do any favors." And yeah, even I well, know that some Tyrone. The one, and the, the one thing I have to say as well is that throughout the year, there's been grumblings in the stand, and there's yeah. been, you know, there's been a lot of uh, uh, probably un, unnecessary, or well, maybe. I don't know. The, the people have haven't been very happy with this team all year. Yeah. There's been it's it's been so in, inconsistent. But I have to say is that the supporters, the majority of the supporters, stayed around oh. for quite a while after the yeah. game to clap off the Mead team because they did see you know the heart and endeavour that the, that Mead team gave uh, and the pride that they put into that game on on Saturday. Now, having said that. Tyrone were awesome in the first half. Had five goal chances. Yeah. Um. Only took one of them. Um. But Mead stuck with them. 
even when yeah. they went, even when Mead went five points down early on, they came back um, uh, 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 and, and got level. Um, and then uh, when it went into uh, extra time, or uh, yeah, into extra time again, Tyrone got a goal and a point, and were leading by uh, five points again. And Mead came back four unanswered points um, towards the end of the game, um, before that foul on on James McEntee. And you know that was. That was great to see, and, and and fair play to the supporters for all staying around to clap the lads off. Because, in fairness to the lads, they they were very unlucky on Saturday. They were, and even I thought even at the very end of the extra time, we were chasing the goal, and we probably had opportunities to kick points as well. I know yeah. it's kind of a, a thing you probably at that level because Tyrone were so good at keeping possession and retaining possession, you probably had to maybe go for the throw. But maybe like Brian Menton, James McIntyre both were going down with cramp, and Brian Menton once it could physically barely move. Yet he still stayed in the field. He went for it, and even like Shane Gallagher from Simonson Gales' debut was a, a great debut, and he yeah. had to. Like at one stage, I thought he was actually going to faint coming off the field. He looked <laughs> as absolute shattered as a man could have been. Yeah, but you couldn't like he did absolutely everything he was asked for. Went into every hit, took the hit, played the ball, did all the hard work, and that's why people cheer. Like some people say, "Oh, like the lad looks lazy or he's not trying." You could not say that about any mid player at the weekend. Like no. they really did try and went for it. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. In fairness to them, like you know, and and, and they, they gave it their all. But unfortunately, that is the end of the road for me this year in the All Ireland series, and uh, it's time to regroup. And as you heard there from Andy McIntyre, he's going to take some time out before he makes a decision on uh, what's going to happen next. Um, he was distraught after that, Kieran. You could hear it. And when I did ask him where does he go from here, he said he's going to take some time out to to assess the situation and to make a decision on uh, on his position. Absolutely, like when when Andy came in first, he agreed to take the meet team for three years and to have a review after two. That was always part of the plan. So he'll review his position with with the chairperson, secretary, and the operations manager of the county board. Like they'll be reviewing it, be going through like how is all the training methods, how is this going? Like is the money been spent right here? Are you getting enough help here? Like. And ultimately, do you want the job kind of back? Like that's kind of the review, you know. So if you, yeah. you have to look back, you have to reflect, and like you reflect on all the good things, you reflect on all the bad things, and like I don't. On a personal note, I think Andy has really kind of maybe kicked it on with that display. But the big thing now is the national league next. Year. I know, and it seems like a million miles away, but it won't be long coming around. No, that's with it. preparation. But they need to get to Division One. They need to get the division. Well, they need to stay in Division Two at least, um, and and consolidate yeah. themselves and and be in the running for promotion at the end of the league yeah. next year. And that's where you need them because um, because although there we we've talked about all this disappointment uh, between the hurlers and the Mead footballers, there is a little bit of positivity uh, <laughs> coming out of Mead at the moment, and we're going to move it on to that positivity because the Mead under-20s play Leash in round three of the Airgrid Leinster Championship uh, this Saturday. It's at 2pm in Park Tolchin and uh, it's a, a win will secure Brian Farrell and his team a semi-final spot in the Leinster Championship and uh, it's great to, to be able to say that we have some really good underage teams coming up and this is one of them in particular, Kieran. Absolutely, like, and the Kildare game here the last day in Park Tolchin was... Just an excellent display of football from both teams. In fairness to like that Kildare team, I think were in uh, three minor finals over right. the last few years, and they they bring in a pedigree like that. And our lads again, we were in uh, bet the Dublin two two years ago, and like we were in a we bet by Dublin after a, a swing and a turnabout last year with the minors. So I think there's been great progress. The likes of a uh, Derek Campion and Ethan Devine mm-hmm. and some of these players like they're 
there's not there's no weak link in the team, and I think that's something that can be said. Like, because I can always say like, oh, is there a weak cornerback or a weak this? I think all fifteen players and the squad are actually very good. But they've kind of come through the kind of. They lost in the Leinster semi or Leinster championship final like, uh, uh, two years ago, didn't they? They were bet by Kildare in the semi-final. Oh, it was the semi-final, We bet yeah. Dublin in the quarter, yeah, I think Yeah, that's it was. right, and then we lost, and Kildare yeah. went on to... And they bet Cavan here in an All-Ireland quarter, and I think they were, yeah. they were a very strong team. Yeah. But the likes of these, I think, they're, they're pushing on. They're, they're kind of coming from the kind of coaching games, kind of revolution we had five or six years ago, where we basically took stock and said, we need strength and conditioning, we need coaches, we need to have GDAs in schools, we need to do this, we need to do that. And they're kind of the lads now that are kind of coming first to our kind of inverted commas professional system it's yeah. kind of the first time we can say well these came through the system and that's so maybe some of the lads who are playing in our county teams now kind of came a bit more raw through it and didn't really get the strength and conditioning at 14 years of age that the Tyrone lads were getting exactly so I think now we have no excuse for that preparation sense now that all our players coming through now are getting the professionalism that other counties are getting if not more Yeah. and hopefully that's been shown by the minors who are again another panel of 25 lads who are brilliant and just the effort they're putting in, and like it's just something like the cornerbacks winning ball man on man, knocking the ball out of the lads' hands, tackling, knocking lads over, and serious stuff. Just like. back on that under twenty one team, Brian Fowler is the manager. And do you want to mention who oh yeah, Brian, is the rest of the Brian Brian Fowler, of course, son of Dudley. Like Dudley, he's a lot of a lot of management teams behind him, and he's won yeah. an awful lot wherever he's went, and of course involved with the county board as a GDA. So Brian, a lot of pedigree as a footballer himself, and, and who else is he and involved? then Connor Martin yeah. from Beliver, ex All Ireland winning goalkeeper, uh-huh. and Shane McInerney who had to obviously retire due to health reasons. But he was another great footballer mm-hmm. from Eden. Yeah. Just again, it's and it's something again that a lot of people cried, kind of cribbed about that years. Where's all our ex county players? Why aren't they involved? We've got them everywhere now. They're coming like they're involved in our coaching staff. They're involved with our teams. They want to be involved. They're coming in with the younger teams. That's ultimately, like, not to say every county player automatically becomes a good manager, but they bring an experiential learn, they bring stuff with them. They might yeah. not necessarily be the figurehead, but they bring stuff with them that nobody else can say. Unless you've stood up in Crow Park in front of 80,000 people, it's very hard to, to, to kind of explain it. Yeah. 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 Like, Conor Martin has been in some of the most pressurised positions ever. I wouldn't mind having him in the field. He, he delivered a great right, right hook, I think, to, I'm not sure which player, 96, I think, <laughs> the great pitcher, I think. When, oh, God, none of the Mead lads uh, threw any boxes against no. Mayo that day. So they, no, no. They, well, they were stopping the row. Well, All absolutely, Mead lads yeah. were stopping the row. Oh, yeah, well, I wouldn't dare even talk about it. I wouldn't Jim, call it row. Was Jimmy McGuinness and Colin Kyle were just stopping the row that day. So they were well, if, if you come on, come up to them, they'll give it to you. That's the, that's <laughs> but but again, that game is on, on Saturday in Park Tolchin. Um, again, if they, if they beat Leash, as I said, that will secure the a semi-final spot in the Airgrid Leinster Championship and which is absolutely brilliant and this team can beat Leash there's no doubt about that and it would be great to see the Mead under 20s playing in a Leinster semi-final then we'll just move on you mentioned them already the Mead Miners Mead Miners with three wins from three already beating Dublin West Mead and Loud lovely when you beat Dublin it's absolutely. always good when you beat Dublin um, and they have two games left one on Wednesday the 27th of June that's against Offaly and one on the 3rd of July against Wicklow and again one more win will secure them a semi-final spot and there's no reason why they can't win five out of five um, and, and, and really uh, showcase the footballers that are on that team going into a semi-final of a Leinster Championship Absolutely, like I wouldn't be surprised. I I'd be fairly confident they're going to beat Offaly and going to beat Wicklow. They get to a semi final on the seventh of July. I'd be I'd be planning my holidays around them, hopefully. <laughs> but <laughs> but okay, it's just it's kind of traditional. Like they're 
they have a lot of strong players. Uh, I mean, physically, mentally, yeah. like skill levels, like kicking the ball long distances, beating their men, taking scores. Like um, Electric Ireland sponsored the minor championship, and they've for the last two weeks they've sent us emails nominating our players for Player of the Week. That's right, yeah. So that's serious. Like that, we're we're constantly getting players in the Player of the Week, like the likes of Matthew Costello, mm-hmm. and they're constantly just pushing themselves to the elite level. Like you can ask yourself and not kind of go back like to the seniors. Like how many times did a player reach the quality of Player of the Week? Probably not many, if ever. Not many, yeah. So and that Player of the Week of the whole country, like so. That's that's the kind of level that we want to be up there with. Them. They're and a brilliant team. Like they're just so pleasurable to watch. And the thing about it is, is that you've mentioned it already. It's the processes that have been put in place that we were lacking for for yeah. a few years um, there. And and it's 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 that's why I was saying earlier on that this mead team, this current mead team that are there and senior, they need to consolidate themselves as at least division yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. Get up to Division 1 if possible, but stay in Division 2 so that when we get the players coming through from these uh, systems, from the under-20s, from the minors, and there's couple, there's good teams coming behind those yeah. minors as well. And, so our, we, and the juniors who got the Ireland semi or final last year. Exactly. So if we if we can get these players, just get a kind of a, a, a system going where these players are you know competing in Leinster finals and, and All-Ireland championships uh, at minor and under-20 level, that when they go in to the senior setup. They're used to number one a professional uh, GA uh, setup, and number two they're used to playing against all the top teams, and they don't fear any of them. But a word for the for the the management team of the, yeah, well, of like the minors. Joe, Joe Trainer, Walterstown is manager of the team, and like he Owen Ganley and Paul Nestor and a few of these lads with the team. Like yeah. again, they're bringing a kind of an element of preparation. Like I remember uh, when I first took over the Cushion Oak secretary, Joe came in as under forty manager in Walterstown, and his team was absolutely fabulous at club level. But he just brought such an enthusiasm. Like they got to the the Paddy O'Brien Cup final under fourteen, and Joe had already volunteered and had done a program for it. Mm-hmm. He'd done a program already and said to the guy, "Do you want to get involved with our program, not the other way around?" And he had all the players listed. He got the opposition. He did everything, colour core, everything. All the games played for both teams. Like just such kind of an analytical approach and just kind of professional that he, like, there's nothing left to chance. Like all these lads are training, like both feet. Both hands, all the physical elements like their balance, their agility, their power, all of this has been done for years with them. So like it's not a fluke. Like Joe took that job with a with the ambition of beating Dublin, beating Kildare. Like yeah. they're the two every every year that you have to look at what's when the draw is made. Are we on Dublin side? Are we on Kildare side? Are we on both? Whatever it is, we have to go and beat them too. Especially we have to be as good, if not better, yeah. than them. Because obviously, like don't get me wrong, the other counties in Leinster like can have good teams, but these are constantly. Kind of the linchpins, us kind of the three counties have always been the three major counties in the province, and exactly we'd have so. to look to beat them, and we are beating them, and that's the thing. And not to say, like, again, you have to be just cautious that it's round robin football and it's not knockout, total knockout yet, not yet. But I'd be confident if we get to play Dublin or Kildare in the minors under 20s, we'll have a fighting chance. We're not guaranteed anything to win, no. but but then they can say that in the past years, maybe they were guaranteed to win, but now they're not either, so it's going to be a 50 50. They're great games to watch. Like I think if anyone uh, is sitting at home listening to the radio or, or following the Twitter, they're mad. I think they should be in at these games. They're Absolutely. as good a game as any of them. Yeah, and, and thanks be to God, although the Mead Seniors are out of the All-Ireland Series, again, I'm going to reiterate, the summer is not over for Mead just yeah. yet. We've got the under-20s and we do have the minors uh, to come this hopefully summer. Hopefully you get so. the juniors tomorrow night and in Mead Longford. So. Absolutely, and, and fingers crossed the juniors 
the under 20s and the minors can keep the summer going. Um, just before we finish up, I'm just going to give the Fela a mention again. The Fela Nanog taking place in Mead, Down and Loud this year, and Mead are going to have a, 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 a big. Uh, a big say in it. Uh, it's taking place at the end of this month, 29th, 30th, and 1st of June. So, anybody out there, get involved with your club. I see uh, all the clubs putting up uh, um, notices on Twitter. They're all painting and decorating and mm. doing up their clubs, and they're really going to make it a spectacle to be held. Um, you know, um, and they're all doing such great work within their clubs. So, if you can, get involved with your club for the failure. So, that's it for another podcast here from We Are Meet. I want to thank Kieran Flynn again for calling in uh, to do the podcast with me and uh, it's always great to get your opinion Kieran oh, sure. I, I love giving my opinion and it's great that you do have an opinion yeah well that's the, I try my best sure. it's, it's a bit of, as I said anyone else is why do you get involved on the committees around at the end of the day I'm a supporter I'm a fan and I like to be kind of on the front lines like for any of these games I get the best seat in the house I get to meet all the players I get to meet everyone I get to see the games as best as anyone like I think anyone again, like if you're a supporter and you want to follow these teams hurling football, get involved with your get club involved. and your county. Like it's as good as any. The crack, like the money, is not good. <laughs> the is it costs you money, but the crack you get in the French track is unbelievable. Like so, yeah. that's why. You, how could you not be happy? Even after losing the hurling football the weekend, you still have to be positive and keep going. What an advocate for 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 uh, the GEA. Or a madman. Or a madman. What an advocate for the GEA. Um, absolutely brilliant. So don't forget, uh, follow us on Twitter. If you've anything to say to us, if you have any opinions, if you've uh, you know something you want us to bring up on the um, on the podcast, let us know. You can get in contact with us uh, on Twitter or through our Facebook page. And don't forget, we are me. Why it matters more. <laughs>